to a season of caring podcast where there's hope for living, loving, and caring with no regrets. This is Raina Nysis, your host, and Allie Nysis, your co-host. And today we're going to recap some of what Diane Clark shared with us on the last episode. When I asked Diane what things she felt like were most important to communicate with you listeners, she said she wanted you to make sure to take care of you, that a caregiver is only as good as the care that you give yourself. She wants you to be sure to allow yourself frequent respites and don't feel guilty over them and to be grateful for the honor of caring for the aged. It's truly a privilege. I love that Diane is leaving us with these little words, little nuggets of things that we've, number one, have already talked about. She just solidified all of that. But I also love that she's putting a new spin on it. Um, First off, I just want to say that I could listen to this woman talk all day, every day. I want her to read me bedtime stories. I want her to tell me all her cooking secrets. I want to know all the things that come from Diane's mouth. I just love her accent. I know that doesn't really have to do with what we're talking about today, but I just couldn't go forward without talking about how much I just loved listening to her. So with Diane, I love that she... First, one of the things that she talks about is taking care of these gents, these two men in her life. Not only did they pick up and move completely. I mean, I know it was kind of home. She said they grew up in Huntsville, but still like to say, we'll take care of you. We'll move you in. Come on. Where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Wow. (laughs) Like that is such a beautiful sacrifice. And I think the only reason why it was worked that way is because like she said, what a joy to take care of the elderly. What a Mm -hmm. privilege. She really feels that way. If she didn't, this never would have worked. And I don't know that either of them thought that the journey was going to be as long as they that it was, especially with her father-in-law, they thought he was having strokes Uh and come to find out it was just medication. Like that's crazy. But that beautiful sacrifice and the way that she talked even about her grandson coming and running and jumping and Uh knocking over. um, I think her father, maybe her father-in-law and he gets the skin tear and he's okay with it just because he's never experienced that. It just opened this whole new world, not only for her, the caregiver, but also for her family and for these two gentlemen. Like it's just this beautiful circle of life kind of thing. And the thing we talk about all the time, like it's, it's the privilege. It's the dream. It's why we do what we do is so that you can walk your parents all the way home. She definitely did that. It is beautiful. And I love that. Like you just said, our goal, our heart is to support you that are doing that out there. And I just so admired her commitment to that. Like you said, moving they just went all out and to be able to care for someone that is, I think an in-law is a little different than caring for your own parent, And it was just beautiful to hear the relationship that they had. And not none of that is to say it was easy or that it was perfect. 
because she made it really clear that it was hard. There were challenges. And one of the things that she knows she did not do enough of is take that respite time to take care of herself. No, and I I don't know what kind of long-term repercussions she has because of that, but she did allude to that she has some issues still because she didn't take care of herself. And I think that sometimes when we're in the thick of it, like we t- we've talked about before, we put ourselves on the back burner. And like she said, I, I wish I would have done things for me. I wish I would have you know, put myself first, took the appointments that I should have taken when I scheduled appointments for the gents. I wish I would have not abused my body. I I think that's something, you know, we talk a lot about emotional and spiritual and make sure you're taking care of the mental side of that. But one thing we haven't really talked about is like even the physical. We looked at some statistics and I know um, one of the statistics that astonished me is that 30% of caregivers pass away before the person that they're caring for. So, so that's a big number. Huge. Like, and that's scary. Shocking. Cause, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and it, the, it even talked about how like that number may be low. There's some areas that it may be higher. There were other but, studies, right, that showed the number to actually be higher. Which is even scarier. So we're talking one out of three people, essentially, will, as a caregiver, pass away while they're doing this caregiving journey. Not only are you not able to succeed at the goal that you're trying to obtain, walking your family member all the way home, but now your family has to figure out what to do and mourn you. Those are scary, scary things. And so, you know, like I said, we've talked a lot about mental health and taking care of you that way, but also when you talk about like the physical aspect, the day in the day out, actual physical things that need to happen in this caregiving journey. You know, we think about it often whenever we are working in a high stress job that we need to watch our blood pressure. We need to watch and get the exercise that we need. I mean, there's so many things that we talk about relating it to our jobs, but realizing that so many times we're adding these responsibilities on top of jobs that we already have or these responsibilities are becoming a full-time job for us. And so I think These become responsibilities, full-time responsibilities, and we don't realize that with these responsibilities comes that same kind of stress that affects and impacts our health to such a degree. So keeping those well-person checks in place, going to the dentist, you know, doing those things, which we just need to take care of ourselves. When we say take care of yourself, we mean all of those things. Don't skip the mammogram. Don't skip the annual exams. Make sure that you are taking care of anything that you already have that's a problem. So if you're fighting type 2 diabetes or if you're dealing with any of those kind of physical issues, make sure that you are continuing to care for yourself because there are high stakes in this. The stress can definitely wear down your body. 
And just like any job that you do, you've got to be realistic about what you're expecting of yourself and taking care of yourself. As a nurse, whenever I enter a home, because a lot of my people I'm taking care of are, it's an older generation taking care of an older generation. They're not, they're not very young. So they have their own health concerns. So I've just made it a priority to be like, did you take your meds today? (laughs) Are you eating? Are you drinking? Are you sleeping like you should? Like even those things will wear you out Mm -hmm. and wear you down and are harder on your body. Um, You're exactly right. Like this, treat this caregiving thing as a job like you would look at it through the same kind of lens I think is going to make it easier to identify like oh I haven't been to the doctor in over a year I should probably get that scheduled oh I'm not taking my blood pressure like I should be checking it or I'm not taking my meds consistently that's hard on our bodies and it's hard on our systems and it's hard to recover from those things. There can be long standing problems because of that. For sure. And I think that's part of where that statistic comes into play is the fact that we do have, you know, older generation taking care of each other. So when we look at 30% of the people that are passing away, I don't think we have to think that the, You know, when you're young and in your prime, that you're not the one who's going to be in that same place. You're not going to lose your life because you're caregiving. Diane made such a big deal about the fact that this is an honor and this is a privilege. So we do not want people to shy away from the responsibility. We just want you to take the responsibility seriously and understand the impact it has on you as a person, as well as the person you're caring for. So I think that one of the things that comes to mind when we even talked about Diane's respite, you know, when she hired help and in the beginning, she would just hop in the car and drive, drive for an hour one way and turn around and drive back. And I thought, well, that's, I I would have like had my big long to-do list. (laughs) I've been trying to do all these things being out of the house. But I think that brings up a good conversation we can have about respite. What exactly is respite and what should we be doing with our time? I love that she actually took that time to just decompress a little bit. Um, She talks about how she might cry or scream or yell or pray or whatever. But um, I think it's important that sometimes when we schedule time away, it's like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store and the mail, the post office, and I need to pay these bills and I need to do all these things that I haven't been doing because I've been taking care of this person, but then we're also not decompressing. Um, We're not taking the time to realize that we are in stressful situations and that we need to stop, you know, take a moment to breathe. My sister and I, one of the things that we would do probably once some, maybe twice a month whenever we were caring for my dad is they had this salt room where you could go and just bring breathe in the salt and it, it helped you to kind of detox and to relax. And we would just make an appointment for an hour and go in this room together and sit there and just talk and not necessarily talk about dad, but about life and what are the kids up to and what's happening, but just to kind of take that deep breath 
and really um, relax into the moment and enjoy that company together. I think it helped our communication, it helped our relationship, but it also was something that really did help to to bring the stress down in the middle of my three days of caring for my dad. So what things listeners think about, make a list, what things are relaxing to you? Maybe you just need a good nap. You might need to sleep the whole time that somebody else is there caring for your loved one. Or you might want to go shopping and buy a new sweater. You know, a lot of times just getting out of the house is something that you don't get a chance to do when you're in a caregiving role. And so really thinking about those things that are going to feed your soul well as take care of your body whenever you have that time off. I agree. We've kind of touched base about that before too, but I think something time, you know, we frequently talk about praying and reading in your Bible and reading a book or decompressing that way. But I think even like you said, like maybe you just need a nap and that's okay. (laughs) Go take a nap. And respite seems like a formal word, but it really is just, you know, taking the time away and making sure that you're being intentional with that time that you have away to decompress, process, mourn, whatever it is that you need to do to stay healthy and to be able to feel like when you walk back into your responsibilities, you have a new freshness about your ability to do that. Burnout comes and it's something that we all deal with, but burnout is definitely, I think one of the signs that I heard that that really stood out to me was when you're skipping things that need to be done to care for your loved one, because you just can't do it today. And I think I could relate to that. There were times that it was like, oh, do we have to do this again? Because it was a hard task. And that's the times that I was too tired or I wasn't in the right frame of mind to be the caregiver I needed to be for my dad. So I think helping yourself to realize that just getting away and decompressing can help you come back refreshed and ready to just meet the needs and to look at it through that lens of, this is an honor and a privilege and I'm going to do everything I can to help the person that I love. So that respite care is just the time away. But the key is you can't leave unless there's somebody there taking care of things. And that's the number one reason why most people feel like respite's not not a realistic thing for them. Ali, what are some great options for finding coverage for our caregivers? So, I mean, we've already touched a little bit on this, like reaching out to family and friends and church people and their neighbor. Um, Other options might be like college students, um, teenagers, uh, those kinds of people that um, you may not think about necessarily in a normal situation. But there are also formal ways um, to go about that as well. Like there, we've talked a little bit about like day day care and other outside agencies to help provide that. So somebody to come in and do a couple of hours that you pay for. Um, those people have to go through a lot of processes and things like that. So it's not a complete strain. It is a stranger that's coming through your home, but they have been vetted. They've gone through background checks and they've been, a lot of them have like a typical insurance that covers things like that. So like, it's not such a scary thing. It's a lot easier to know. Also, these people do this all the time. So they know how to take care of somebody in this situation 
they even the simple things like going to the bathroom or how to help somebody eat, things like that, things we would normally take for granted that maybe little Miss Susie that lives down the street may not know. So those are some ways to consider that. Um, areas of aging offices will have some great resources for that, um, whether they're free or paid, um, and kind of your options as far as what's local in your area. Well, I was happy to find in some just local resources that they do have some that refer that are, you know, just lower income, just really companion care versus actual medical needs. So depending on the person you're caring for and what their needs are, there really are just a wide variety of options available. Like you said, I love the idea of students. I mean, if you have someone who's in nursing school, they already have the heart for this. Um, even teenagers that just enjoy elderly people can make such a breath of fresh air to be able to have someone new. I think I was talking to a client earlier this week and we were talking about the fact that her mom might just get sick of her a little bit. <laughs> so it might be a refreshing thing for her mom to have a new face, a new personality to interact with every now and then. And for her to then be able to get out and do some of the things she needs to do, like go to the doctor and things like that. So there can be lots of pluses involved. Each person that we're caring for is a little different, just like. Diane talked about having her daddy versus her father-in-law and her father-in-law didn't really like new people. Her daddy really enjoyed having new people around, but just being able to bring in consistency, even for somebody who doesn't enjoy new people, once that person becomes a part of the regular routine, it really can be a great benefit for all involved. No, I agree. And I think everyone gets a little bit out of it. You get a little bit of a break. And like you said, maybe they're tired of seeing you as well. <laughs> maybe they need a break. Um, but it's also just a new face, a new person, a new relationship um, that's different. I found it interesting too, whenever new people came in, they did things a little differently or they had experienced things with other patients that I had never experienced before. So sometimes it can even help you get some new tips and tricks to deal with your caregiving experience um, with the person that you're taking care of. So there's lots of different benefits available and um, it's great to be able to look at all the positives and take that step. Find a way to schedule some time to get yourself a little bit of respite. As Diane had mentioned, it's a priority to, and a privilege to take care of the elderly. So as we talked about before, things you have to remember, take care of yourself. That includes physically, not only your emotional and spiritual needs, but also to take some respite, give yourself some grace, give yourself some time, get away. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Okay. So take that time, whether it's 15 minutes, an hour or two, just take that time. Make yourself a top priority as well. You're just as important as whoever you're taking care of. Um, and sometimes I think we lose sight of that. So don't forget that caregivers. Okay. I agree. And listeners, we just would love to know what things you enjoy doing on your respite. So if you want to pop onto the website at seasonofcaring.com slash podcasts and find this podcast, we would love to hear ideas of what you love to do during your respite time. 
Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, a Season of Caring podcast is created for the encouragement of family caregivers. If you have medical, financial, and legal questions, please contact your local professionals. Take heart in your season of caring.